Good morning and voyote bene. I'll explain that in a moment what I mean by that, but good morning again. This is Sharon Smaga and this is Pop Coach Life. Pop stands for purpose over perfection. And at Pop Coach Life, we are avidly pursuing the art of purpose over perfection. Purpose infers that we have a design and a reason for being here that is larger than us and more important. And perfection, I'm going to label as the chronic pursuit of something that is based in comparison and um, work and struggle and striving without understanding the purpose of that. So welcome back. Uh, good to have you here again today. And voyote bene again. And I just learned that this morning. So if you speak Italian and I completely butchered that, I appreciate your patience. If you don't know better, you probably think I sounded really authentic and Great. I'll take either one. But voyote bene means in Italian, uh, as I understand, it means I want your good. And I was listening to um, somebody else's material this morning, and they had a guest speaker who shared that. Um, and I thought, wow, that's really intriguing to think about. And he explained it as this is one of the ways Italians express love. And it got me to thinking um, what if we really understood that I want your good as love? And I started started exploring that in my mind this morning. And I just want to share some things that I understand about love as sort of a baseline that love is not a feeling. In fact, it's a verb. We love someone. We don't feel love, right? We choose to love. We take action it's an action word. It's a verb. Sometimes I might feel more loving than others, but that's more of a description of my frame of mind or maybe even my negativity or I'm tired or so I maybe feel less loving versus um, maybe I've been studying up on this like I have this morning and I, I kind of feel more loving, right? But that's about how I feel. So for those of you who have already thought sort of in that vain, um, that's still a feeling. That's not actually the act of love. And it's okay to recognize when I feel more or less loving. In fact, it would be really important because that can affect how I act toward you or to someone in my life, right? So, and that's the verb part, the action part. So there are things that love is and love is not. So let's start with the nots. Love is not selfish. It's not out for self. It is not dishonorable. It does not seek to tear people down or embarrass them or humiliate them or expose them. It's not arrogant. It is not rude. It's not envious. It is not boastful. It's not irritable. It is not resentful. It's not controlling. It does not celebrate the downfall of others or rejoice in destructive behaviors. Um, it does not keep a list of offenses in my world in couples therapy, we talk about this idea of gunny sacking. And so one of the rules of fair fighting is that when you're fighting about something in the here and now, don't open up your gunny sack of all the things you've kept track of that you think your partner has screwed up or done wrong or didn't show love. We call it gunny sacking. So love does not actually behave that way. It doesn't keep a list of offenses. It doesn't gunny sack. So if we're trying to settle something in the here and now, 
we don't sort of unload the gun on each other, if you will. So we don't open the sack and dump it at the person's feet and say, well, let me show you everything I've kept track of that you've screwed up or that, that hurt me. Okay. It is about what we bestow on others through our words and deeds. Again, it's an action. It's a verb. It must take action. So words without deeds is empty. There's an expression that I really enjoy um, that I don't know who might get original credit for it, but some of you will know it when I share it. It's been around for a really long time because it's very profound. And it is this, what you do speaks so loudly that I cannot hear what you are saying. And that captures really beautifully and succinctly that you can tell me anything, but if there's no action to back it up, it's not true. It's not real. So love takes action. Okay. So if you've got words without action, you're not showing love. You can actually take action and demonstrate love without using words, right? If you um, play Secret Santa, we've got the holidays coming up. If you do decide to play Secret Santa for a neighbor who's struggling or you pull a child's name off of a tree um, at your civic center or something like that, doesn't really take words. You're not going to go to that person and directly express, I care about you, I love you, or I want your good, but you are going to demonstrate that by choosing to take action on that and meet a need in your community. So there's an example of love that can be action without words, but it can never be words without action, guys. Love is, here's some other things it is, it is patient, it is kind and truthful and let me just address that I think in our uh, current culture, we often see truth as being unkind, and that's absolutely um, nonsense, <laughs> okay? Truth is not cruel. Cruel is just cruel, but truth delivered with kindness is actually a very loving thing. So love is patient. It waits, right? It doesn't expect instant results. It's kind. It's truthful. It protects. Oh, my gosh. It's love is very protective in a right and healthy way. Um, as a widow, I really, really, this one always resonates with me right now that one of the things I most deeply miss is the way that my husband's love protected me, right? So I tell couples too, like it, it protects you. Don't expose each other's flank, protect your person's flank. That goes for our kids. That goes for our friends, um, I think the truest friends know our weaknesses and don't flaunt them and don't embarrass us or call it out, you know, with arrogance and they don't dishonor us. They protect our flank. They may come, they'll come to us and they're truthful about concerns, right? They don't ignore if there's a concern, but they're also protective. Love hopes. It does not give up hoping. It trusts. And it perseveres. So it perseveres in, in do, we must persevere in doing good, one might say. So it doesn't give in easily. Okay, so love is action. It's deeds. Words without action are not love. Uh, deeds and were, sorry, de deeds and actions without words can demonstrate love. And love is patient, kind, truthful, protective, hopeful, trusting and perseveres. Love is action. It is a verb. It is about what we do. 
And to circle back to the idea of I want your good, it always wants good for others. When we are in a place of selfishness in a moment um, where we are feeling envious and jealous, you know, same thing, right? Envious, jealous, um, really wanting something for ourselves somebody else has, thinking we deserve it more than somebody else does. That is not a place where we're going to be able to demonstrate love out of that thought or those um, letting some of those feelings take hold of us in that way in a moment. So understand that nobody is always able to demonstrate love in terms of I want your good all the time. We all struggle with moments of selfishness and arrogance and rudeness and um, envy, being boastful, irritable, resentful, controlling all those things. Uh, some people sort of park there pretty permanently and may not be people that um, you can trust, but you can still think about if that's somebody that's going to stay in my life, you know, how do I still show them love and how do how can I be kind, patient, but also truthful? See how that works? We don't have to sit here and pretend everything's okay to be patient and kind. Um, we can be truthful even with those people that we feel are being rude or arrogant toward us. So relationships also fail when we engage to get what we want instead of focusing on what we have to offer. And this is why uh, if you've listened to my podcast on relationship postures, this is um, another way to think about those where we can get in a little bit of trouble. Because if I live for self or if I engage to simply get what I want out of a relationship instead of with the goal of putting your needs in front of mine, then I'm engaging in an I count, you don't count relationship posture. That's not loving. If I am letting you be arrogant, rude, um, and controlling, and I don't speak up in kindness with truth and set a boundary, then I am engaging in a relationship posture of I don't count, you count. So that's another way to think of this. If you've listened to those, maybe go back and refresh. If you haven't, um, take a look at my relationship postures podcast. It's a series of four. But relationships fail when we engage to get what we want instead of focusing on what we have to offer. This is really important. This is really the stuff life boils down to because life isn't about stuff. It's not about what we have. It's not about status. It's not about money. It's not about competition. It really boils down to the state of our relationships. And if we lost everything tomorrow, this is one of my acid test questions. If I lost every, all the stuff, the things that I had tomorrow, would I have a tribe, if you will? Um, would I have people there um, to be there with me in that and help me through it? So would I be content with the state of my relationship if I lost all my things? And if I can't say yes to that, and a lot of the time I can say yes, and sometimes I can't. Sometimes I sit and go, uh-oh, I'm in a no, and why am I at a no? Why would that not be enough, and what do I need to change? Why do I not have a yes to that question in my life? And that's really rarely about other people. It's almost, 
I would say 98% the responsibility for the yes or no in that lands squarely in my lap and is my responsibility. Self-worth, I would also argue flounders, um, not talking about self-esteem. I, I, I struggle with that term because esteeming self is not love. I think that's actually arrogance. Um, but if I understand that I have worth, real inherent value is how I define worth, then I can also understand all of you, the people that I engage with, no matter how I feel about a person, every person has that same inherent value. It's inherent. And that's really important to understand about it. And if so, self-worth flounders when we live for self instead of outside of self and in what we have to offer others. So when I'm most struggling with my self-worth guys, I just to be really transparent, if I sit back and go, okay, why am I in this space? Why do I not? Like I can label intellectually. I know I have inherent value as a human being, but if my feelings and my self-talk are negative and in that place of, you know, what do you have to offer? What do you have to say? 25 people, other people have said it. And how come you're overweight? And how come you look like this? And, um, how come you, you know, how do you expect um, the relationships you want when you can't always step up to the plate and be perfect? All those negative things. When I'm in that space, I'm usually pretty disconnected from my purpose, the people in my life. In some way, I have disconnected and may not have even realized it till I land in this place. Because when I am sitting in a place where um, even right now recording content that I genuinely is coming out of a place of trying to help you, when I am at actively coaching and um, trying to help people sort out barriers and find solutions and grow in their lives, when I am engaged in activities with friends and family and focused on what I can do for them and how I can love them. My sense of worth is very stable in that, uh, for lack of a better way to say it. I start to flounder when I disconnect from, when I stop thinking about what I have to offer and even subconsciously, if I get caught up in what I want and what I think I deserve or what I wish for. And in the absence of understanding that my larger purpose is in what I have to give and offer to others. So I'm going to argue that our purpose must be tied to what we have to offer the world. It's grounded in our teleological narrative. So teleological narrative, a narrative is the story or the meaning we give something in our heads. Um, teleological is about our design and purpose in the world and a focus on how experiences and phenomena serve a purpose versus focusing on trying to determine the cause of a phenomena, which really might be never known or understood, right? That's another place that I can get really shaky instead of feeling grounded is when I'm trying to figure out, well, why, why isn't that person talking to me or why, um, why did that person, you know, why was it their time to go? And why do I have to live without them 
here on earth temporarily. When I get caught up in those whys, the how comes, which is really normal when we go through crisis, death, loss, grief, all of those things, we can get really lost in that. So teleological approach would be we focus on trying to understand how those experiences and phenomena serve a purpose. So letting go of the why, the how come, and again, finding purpose for those events in our lives or those experiences. And then when we put that together with understanding that we have a purpose, we have something to offer the world that's bigger than us and about more than us and more important than just us. It is not the absence of our value. It is our value um, being used to offer value to the world, if you will. For I hope I'm, I don't know if I'm saying that as articulately as I could. Um, so when we take our purpose and our value and we tie that to what we have to offer the world, grounded in our teleological narrative, it is much easier than to live in the idea of love as I want your good. Because I know I have something to offer and therefore I come, come out of a generosity that wants good for you. I want what is best for you. And if you think about that a moment, there's, I know as a parent right now, I'm having a lot of conversations um, grounded in that idea, grounded in I want what is good uh, for I'm having a lot of those conversations, sorry, with my youngest who just went off to college. Um, I feel that way for my oldest son. I feel that way for his wife. I feel that way for um, my brothers and sisters in terms of uh, family, even what we call down here in the Southwest fictive kin. Um, so I have a nephew that I'm not blood related to, but I want his good I want good for others. That has to come out of a place of generosity. So it can't come out of selfishness, control, or competition. So in the name of wrapping this up and not circling around it three more times, which I have a tendency to do, um, I'm just going to land on this. I want your good. Love is not a feeling. It's a verb. And love wants good things for other people. It's not selfish. And our purpose is tied to this, and it must be tied to what we have to offer the world, grounded in our teleological narrative. So it's really important to think about this and know where you stand. If you think love is about getting what you want and can out of other people for in a relationship, that's not actually love. That's wanting to be loved. And it's okay. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be loved. If nobody wants to be loved, then I don't have anybody to give love to. But if wanting to be loved is your only focus, then it's maybe time to consider stepping into a more mature way to love by understanding very concretely what love is and, and even to some degree what it's not. So I hope this is helpful. I love you guys. Keep pursuing your purpose over perfection. Um, let me unabashedly and without shame um, ask you again. I, I usually forget to do this, but if you would go into, if you're listening to this podcast, please rate me, leave a review. 
Um, let it be an honest one. It doesn't have to be a good one. Say how you what you really think. But please leave a review. Hit the bell wherever you're listening. If you're on YouTube, you know, ring my bell, if you will. Um, please hop on, follow if you're not following. That's helpful on social media. Um, I'm really trying to get my Instagram account moving and grooving a little bit. My Facebook seems to be just sort of naturally growing more quickly. So I would like to boost up that Instagram. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to what I have to say. And I always, uh, my hope and prayer is that it is truly, genuinely beneficial in some way to you, that it encourages and challenges you in equal measure. Take care and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.